Hey, this is Nathan Elias and I'm one of the pastors at Good Oak Christian Center. I want to welcome you to our podcast. We are all about giving hope and healing people and believe God is going to use this word to touch your life today. So let's get started and enjoy this message. Father, we thank you for the wonderful privilege we have of being gathered in this place tonight. Now, Lord, as we share your word together, I thank you for touching our hearts, changing our lives, giving us understanding hearts. I thank you your word declares that the veil is removed in Christ. So tonight, Lord, every spirit of blindness that would be on the minds of men and of women to deprive them of the treasure that you have for them, we command that veil, that blindness, that inability to be able to receive your word, to go. And we thank you in the name of Jesus of Nazareth that truth and light and life come to every listener in Jesus' name. Amen. Go, if you would, in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14. It's a prayer of Paul, and this is the second prayer that he prays in Ephesians. The first prayer that he prays is in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17, where he prays that the eyes of our understanding would be enlightened. His prayer is that we would begin to understand spiritual truths. Now, we know that we live in a parallel world. And so we're going to look at Ephesians 3, verse 14, which is the second prayer that Paul prays. So in the first prayer he prays, he says, The eyes of our understanding being enlightened, that we may know the hope of our calling and the exceeding greatness of his power towards us and the working of that mighty power on the inside of us. So Paul in his writing says that, Individuals are struggling, and we still struggle today, to fully comprehend what took place on Calvary. Most of the time, when we look at the death of Jesus, we recognize he died and he rose again. But what we struggle with is Paul writes in the book of Romans chapter 6, where he's talking about water baptism. He says, if we've been buried with him in baptism, which would be just like a funeral covered with sand, he said, we will also be raised with him or come out of the water and we will be his resurrection. Now, it's really difficult to believe that we can behave and live like Jesus did with resurrection power. Because with resurrection power, there were no limitations on Jesus. In Romans chapter 8, we know that the Bible says, And if the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, that same Spirit, that resurrection Spirit, that Spirit that brought that dead body out of the grave, will quicken your mortal body. And so the understanding of the writer is that he wants us to go beyond just understanding the miracles that people felt and touched and saw and smelt when he walked the earth. He wrote and he tells us that when Jesus met Thomas, he said, blessed are those who have not seen but believed. Now remember the disciples and the people who lived on earth believed because they saw. But Jesus said we're blessed when we believe before we see. Now most of the time we say, if I see it, I'll believe it. Whereas the Bible says, if you believe it, you'll see it. 
And so God puts the believing or Jesus put the believing on the front end. So when Paul writes these prayers in Ephesians, he is asking God to help us to come to a place in our understanding where we begin to see the life that we now have in Christ and the power of the resurrected Christ who lives in us. That's why he says in Romans chapter 10 verse 6, don't pray or say who will go to heaven and get God down or who will go to hell and bring God up. He said he's near you in your heart and in your mouth. And then the same writer wrote and he said, don't you know, you are the temple of the Holy Ghost. So his understanding that he's endeavoring to bring to the church is that Jesus, the resurrected Christ, not only is he on the throne of glory, but he's on the throne of my heart tonight with all of his power, with all of his miracles, with all of his majesty, with all of his signs, with all of his wonders, with all of his provision. He's come to live in this house. Well, the obvious question then is, if he's in this house, why aren't I enjoying the benefits? Because many times we don't know what the benefits are. I've shared the story before, but God shared to himself four times, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. He said the same thing, so I'm going to share the story again. Uh, when my wife and I first began to travel and fly, uh, we would fly through Rome or through uh, Italy because it was the cheapest route to get to the United States of America. And included in the airfare, because there was a 12-hour delay, was a stop at a five-star hotel. It was all courtesy of a man in the church who owned a travel agency. So we arrived at this five-star hotel on, uh, um, I'm trying to think of it, the, the Via, it's Via something, Via Veneto. Uh, and we arrive on our Via Veneto at this five-star hotel. And when we arrive at Via Veneto, this gorgeous hotel, we go inside, it's all glass and marble floors and gold ceilings, and we're told how expensive it is. So we're hungry, we go to the restaurant, and we look at a bowl of soup, and a bowl of soup is $20. Well, my wife and I were students, we didn't have any money. So I said, well, I guess we're not going to eat soup here. We'll have to go and get some bread and pasta on the street. But we were tired, so we went to our rooms, and we went to sleep, and we woke up, and then we were not just hungry, we were ravenous. So walking down the hallway of the hotel, I saw that someone had had room service. And they pushed the trolley, the little cart outside their door. And right on that little cart were some fresh bread rolls that nobody had eaten. And so I said, Jesus, I know the word says thou shalt not steal. But the people are done with this and this isn't stealing. It's going to go in the garbage. So I'm going to take a bread roll. So I took the bread roll and ate the bread roll. Well, we didn't eat much except we ate outside the hotel, bit of pasta, and had a cold drink. And then we went back to the airport, got on the plane, and flew to America. When we got here, I told my friend, Kim Clement, well, he's actually a relative. I said to him, Kim, we flew on this flight. We stayed in this hotel. But man, the hotel was so expensive. Oh, he said, I ate steak and I ate crawfish. And we looked at each other and we thought, Kim must be very rich. But then I said to him, Kim, 
How did you pay for it? Oh, he said, you didn't have to pay for it. It was all included in the price. So here we were, stealing bread rolls and getting pasta. <laughs> when it was all included in the price. So Calvary is an all-inclusive deal. Paul prays. And says, let your people understand that Calvary is a complete package. There is nothing more that needs to be done except one thing, which is in Romans chapter 12, where the Bible says we have to renew our mind. Renew our mind to what? To understand what the package includes. And so the deal is all inclusive. So when Paul prays the second prayer in Ephesians chapter 3, he says, For this cause, verse 14, I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. Notice he says, where do we need to be strengthened? In the inner man. There is an outward man and there is an inner man. The outward man goes to the gym. The outward man eats burgers with double cheese and avocado and bacon and onions on it. The outward man makes demands and the outward man has a voice. But there is an inner man that is either alive to Christ or dead to Christ. And the inner man also has a voice. So Paul is praying that we would be strengthened with might on the inner man. That we would come to a place where the inner man would have greater strength than the outer man. That we would live by our heart according to the word and not by our body according to our flesh. So he says, strengthened with might to the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. Oh, hallelujah. That Christ may dwell. I like the translation that says it this way. It says that Christ may live in your hearts and make himself at home within you. Look at your neighbor and say, Jesus wants to make his home in you. Now, if you're a believer, Jesus wants to be at home in you. He wants to say that this house is his home. That gives him the the right to turn the lights on. That gives him the right to do certain things, to make a noise on the inside. That gives him the right to act like it's his house. When I go to my house, I turn the TV on. When I go to my house, I turn the music on. When I go to my house, I open the refrigerator and get whatever I want to eat. Jesus is looking at you and I, and he said, now that I've come to my house, let me do what what I want to do, and in the process, you'll become stronger than you've ever been before. Now, why don't we? Because our mind has been programmed by the God of this age. 
So our mind is affected by world systems that represent the kingdom of darkness. And that's why the Bible says, be renewed in the spirit of your mind. The greatest battles you will fight will be in your thought life. The greatest battles you will fight will be in your thought life. Normally, your heart knows the right thing to do. A lot of people say, well, I had a hunch. Or I had a feeling. Or it just kind of was in me to do this. Or I knew if I went there, something would happen. It wasn't your head that told you. It was your heart. So when the Bible tells us, and Paul prays here, he says that Christ or the resurrected one, or the anointed one, or God himself may live in your heart by faith. Now we know Hebrews 11 verse 6 says, but without faith, it is impossible to please God. So how does God live in me? By faith. Why by faith? Because faith is the substance of things hoped for, evidence of things not seen. So faith deals with the unseen world. It doesn't mean the unseen world doesn't exist. It does exist. But I have to choose what I believe in that unseen world. Right now in this room, there are television waves. They are unseen. But with the right receiver, they'll be seen. Right now in this room, there are radio waves. But with the right receiver, they'll be seen. Right now in this room, there are angels. With the right receiver, they'll be seen. And so it's all about what you and I want to see and where we draw our strength from and who we put our faith in. And so he says that Christ may dwell. Take up residence, make his house, make himself comfortable in you. Jesus is not living out there telling me what to do. He's living in here, speaking through me, living through me, healing through me, blessing through me, touching through me. That's the miracle of salvation. Jesus said there were two kingdoms, a kingdom of light and a kingdom of darkness. He was very clear that we, by our own volition, could not move from one kingdom to another kingdom. We can't even pray and ask Jesus to come into our hearts, the Bible says, unless the Holy Ghost draws us and unless the Holy Ghost gives us the power to say Jesus is Lord. So when I come to Jesus, it is a work of the Spirit. I'm not just a good person trying to become a better person because I'm a Christian person. I am a person that was in darkness, that was born of earthly parents, but I recognize that God created everything that exists. And without the help of God, my destiny is bleak, my future is bleak, my tomorrow is bleak. I don't know where I'll spend eternity. And I came to a place where I said, you created the heavens and the earth. You make all things new. So I'm coming to you today and I'm asking you to take me out of darkness and put me into the kingdom of light. And the Bible says it this way in 1 John 1 verse 12. But as many as received him, to them he gave the power. 
As many as received him, to them he gave the power. As many as, it's not your power. It's not your mental ability. It's not your capacity. It's not your coming to church. It's a simple act of faith that says, Jesus, I receive you as the Son of God. And the Bible says he gives us power to become the sons of God. In other words, a blood transfusion takes place, a new birth takes place, and my earthly parents and earthly lineage cease to exist. I now have a heavenly lineage. Hallelujah. 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 So you will notice, he says, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that you may be able to comprehend with all the saints What is the breadth, the length, and depth, and to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you will be filled with all the fullness of God. Look at your neighbor and say, all the fullness of God. Come on, all the fullness of God. That means all the love of God, all the provision of God, all the strength of God, all the power of God, all the, all the attributes of God, all of His mercy, all of His grace, all of His kindness, all of His names, that you will be filled with all that God has. Hallelujah, hallelujah. The gas pipe is connected to the gas tank. As far as Jesus is concerned, the, the account has been settled and the transaction has taken place. But you now have to discover what is in the gas tank of your spirit. Because if you got 89 and you're driving a race car, it ain't no good. You're going to have to get high octane for high power. If you've got low power, it's because you've got a low octane gospel. But if you want high power you put high octane in and the more high octane it is the faster you can go and the more power you can generate hallelujah hallelujah so the bible tells us in mark eleven twenty two, which we've read many times but we're going to read it again have faith in god or have take hold of of the faithfulness of God. Say it with me. Strengthened with might. Strengthened with might. In the inner man. Oh, say it one more time. Strengthened with might. In the inner man. Say it one more time. Strengthened with might. In the inner man. Oh, there's no reason for the inner man to be weak. There's no reason for the inner man to be depressed. There's no reason for the inner man to fail. Faith can't fail. Faith can't get sick. Faith doesn't know a day of poverty. Faith never knows defeat. The Bible says this is the victory that overcomes even our faith. Faith in what? In Christ. Faith in what? In who he is in me and the house he's setting up in me. So the Bible says have the faith of God. How is it evident? Well, he says because we say to the mountain. Be removed and cast into the sea. And we do not doubt in our 
Hot. So the heart and the mouth must be in unison. They must harmonize. They must confess the same thing. That means an argument cannot exist between my mind and my heart. You can't believe the Bible with your head and doubt it in your heart. If there's an argument in your heart that says this sounds like a fairy tale, then you've got to rectify your heart by tearing down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and begin to say, if any man is in Christ, he is a new creature. And as you begin to speak to yourself, your inner man becomes strengthened. Oh, hallelujah. As you begin to speak to yourself, your inner man becomes strengthened. As you begin to speak to yourself, your inner man is strengthened. If you enjoyed today's podcast, there are a couple of things we would like you to do. Take a moment to subscribe and review this podcast. You can also help us reach more by investing today. Just go to our website www.ghcc.tv forward slash giving. The link is in the description. Thank you so much and we look forward to connecting with you soon.